Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt, and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Oh, well, not even that long ago. What were they doing in their best before dates? Give it a smell. If it's all right, crack on. Because say when you open them, consume within three days, and like, nah, ten. Ten. Sometimes more than that. Ten weeks. Do you know what? This is, this is the true story. Um... The lo- longest thing I think I've had, I don't know why I had to, sorry, I'm just going to go back to it. I don't know why I had to quantify this as this is a true story, like I would tell a lie, and it, you know, ha ha, it's not really true. <laughs> got you. <laughs> yeah, got you, ha ha. No, um, I took a bottle of sugar-free syrup, you know, like coffee syrups to work uh, a couple of weeks ago. And there's a girl at work called Danny who really likes coffee and likes syrup and coffee. <laughs> I said, did you want this? She went, yeah, okay. I said, I think it is out of date because it's been on my cover for a while, but I'm sure it'll be all right. She looked at it and I went out of date in fucking May 2015. <laughs> oh, three years out there. She, she still, to be fair, it smelled exactly the same. She's still been drinking it. What's in, what's in there? Sugar. That's what I said. It's not, no, it's not even sugar. sugar-free. So it's like, I, don't, I can't remember, like a sweetener of some sort um, and then some to thicken it with. I don't even know what. Like water, sweetener, water in, some flavourings and then... Uh, I don't know, like xanthan gum, or maybe not quite something that that thickening, but yeah, then um, yeah, right. Well, um, uh, that that was the introduction, by the way. So, um, what episode are we on? Episode number seventy six. That many, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting bored. Like I said this a few episodes episodes ago, I'm getting bored of going. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number whatever we're on, or usually whatever number we're not on because I get it wrong. So, uh, try to come up with something different. So we've just got straight into it now, talking I'd about... Love to, I'd love to do more podcasts, like four weeks or something. I'd like just sitting and chatting and... Well, we, we can do this, mate, without recording. We can just talk shit, as we obviously have been doing for the last 15 minutes. We would just record everything we just... <laughs> but, shouldn't I? Yeah. All I, can, all I can say is it's a good job the uh, WhatsApp group community doesn't get recorded, because, yeah, that content's not safe for public consumption. No, I had two videos to so another group, and they were like, I don't mind the sick ones because it's a bit like, it's a bit funny. But I see one as like, murder. It's like, mm, it's not for murder. me. Like, yeah, it's not for me. No. It's like, it could have been a scumbag who deserves to die, but it's like, when you don't know the story, the context, it's like, well, this, this, this is like shockingly brutal. It's like, what is wrong with our world? Yeah, but, I, don't, I don't really like that idea, mate. Like, I'll be honest, I don't like half the stuff that I share in the group, really, but I get it and I'm shocked, so I share it anyway. But one, the, the, oh, I can't even, I'm not even going to talk about it on the podcast, but the one you sent, the one Ed sent, they made me heave. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> so, this is horrific. <laughs> I don't even possibly even. I have got a really good one, which I'm now going to send, which is a Charlie Austin interview where they've dubbed over with uh, Blur's Park Life. It's really good. So uh, I'll Probably. send that. You can watch it after this. Yeah, the the, the referees and VAR, that one. No. Don't want to send that. I haven't seen that. Well, the Charlie Austin one? Yeah, it's not rapping in the ref. Oh, what? sorry. I've maybe I've misunderstood you. It's the one, yeah, it's the one where he's basically going on about the ref dislike yeah. his goal. Yeah. Oh, you've From seen that. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen that version, but I've seen that, the, the original rant. Yeah, well, he, he's ranting, and basically they've dubbed that in because obviously where Damon Alburn does the talking over Blur, like Park Life, and he obviously he's talking, um, they basically dubbed in the, the rant that he's doing about the rest. And obviously, it's just, I tell you what, let's let's give the audience a little listen, shall we? Yes, it's offside, it might have been, maybe twice hit me, but that's why Dan Foster. The best league in the world. 
world, the most watched league in the world. And give them all the help they need, because clearly it costs us two points a day. It's a joke. Before that's a this week worked hard, come here to get three points. We deserve three points today, we let down by the officials, that's why we get three points. To be fair, it's really good, isn't it? I like things to go. If you don't like football and don't watch it, it will mean nothing to you. No, no, it won't. But for context, for people that don't watch football or obviously haven't seen it, it's basically a footballer ranting after a game interview about a goal that shouldn't have been disallowed and was, and obviously how important it is their team. So they do get a bit upset. Well, there's a lot of money on the line, I suppose, isn't there? Yeah. Um, Obviously, before we go on to any content, um, you, obviously, we were talking about Icarus, weren't we? During the week. So... Brilliant. Um, brilliant. I just want to just chat to you about it, actually, because I thought it was f- yeah. flipping it's amazing. Good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, do you want to give a little synopsis about what it's about so people, so the people that have to listen so they know? Right. So initially, this is what my thoughts were as he's going through. It's basically, um, he's an amateur cyclist. He's obviously at a decent level, trains a lot, and he's doing, he competed a race. Is it in France? It's like... The most grueling amateur event that is in on the planet. Seven days, horrific amount of miles. Is it two thousand miles? I mean, ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I can't, I, yeah, I can't yeah. remember. Like, they climbed so many thousand feet. It's horrific. So he came fourteenth. So he basically decided, right, let's take drugs to see if we can basically cheat um, Wada's doping system because obviously it's been done before. Lance Armstrong and probably. Mm, a huge amount yeah. of competitive cyclists. Yeah, yeah. Probably. So, and he goes on, he, he gets hold of this Russian, the head of a, <clears throat> head of a science lab that's run by, well, it's yeah. the, by, he, he speaks to didn't he speaks to one of the main guys at WADA, and he wanted obviously who are the um, as you say the the, the doping yeah. agency, the testing agency, and basically that guy refuses to help because he says like he's in a position where he can't be seen to be doing this, doesn't he? So he puts him onto a contact, which is obviously yeah, this Russian guy Gregory. Okay. Anyway, yeah. But it, it basically all unravels from there, pretty much. He basically gives him. Um, do they follow what Lance Armstrong did? Like EPO steroids test prop growth hormone she's basically prescribed everything yeah from a doctor yeah. in the US not sure what state it is um, so he goes through it all shows him injecting shows the protocol blah 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 um, just, just, again, just just again like, not, I don't know why this detail really matters but it, obviously the doctor it's like um, in America obviously it's not like your general GP they go and pay for their healthcare so basically they can prescribe what the fuck they like it's like an anti-aging clinic, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's pretty much what it was. Yeah. So he goes all out with the intention of one, how much will it affect me, performance-wise, and secondly, is it possible, basically, to cheat the WADA um, tests, basically, because obviously they get tested of the year before events, after events, blah blah blah, to obviously make sure they're not quote unquote cheating. Um, so he said, right, can I? improve my performance and get on the tests. So we go through this Russian um, scientist who's given a drug protocol for, I think it's like, I can't remember how long, maybe a couple of months. She goes through it all. And then as, as it goes through, you sort of, you see the level of doping that is in elite level sport, but as well as the cover-ups and the state-sponsored doping of, of the Russians, yeah, but it's probably happening for the world, but it's just the Russians have to be found out. Um, <clears throat> so he goes through, and he ends up 
performed worse. Um, performing worse than he did originally. So, but I think he obviously had issues with his issues with his bike when he couldn't change gear. Yeah. So basically, he dropped like twenty places. So, I was in, so basically, he had issues that weren't his physical performance. We ended up becoming like twenty fourth or something like that. Yeah. Um, instead of fourteenth or above, he wanted to break in the top ten. Yeah. But in the base, he was really gutted about it. But he's like the guy who said, "Look, basically, to me, Ryan Turb, like the top ten, will always be the top ten." Regardless, and these guys are taking drugs as well. However, they are genetically more gifted, yeah. and that's how elite sport works. It doesn't matter how much drugs you take, if you haven't got their genetics to be in the Lance Armstrong, you will never ever be it, regardless. Yeah. And it basically ends up being the Russians kill people, we're seen well, they sort of make out they kill people because they're exposed of state sponsored doping. And this guy flies to America because he's scared of his life. And then he's in protective custody to today because mm. they believe that they're watching him and they will kill him when they find him, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. Uh, the reason I want to talk about it is because obviously I think it's a really interesting concept around um, PDs, obviously performing arts and drugs in sports especially. Because um, obviously bodybuilding, which we obviously uh, know and love, it has tested and untested federations. So, But you can obviously go in whatever your choice so if you want to go in a tested federation um albeit i'd imagine there's still plenty of people in the same other professional sports where they are claiming un- uh, unsupported or unassisted and they're probably taking drugs but are either managed to beat the test or they will eventually get caught um but obviously the fact there is a a non-tested federation you can go and use whatever drugs you like and obviously you see the people that all the the bodybuilders that people see on tv are generally untested they just like you know your average average joe just don't really necessarily so obviously mr olympia that most people know people might have seen things like pump and iron obviously with arnie and louis ferrigno and um all those guys um they're all taking tons of drugs like they're all taking tons of drugs um you know the, the all the mr olympians nowadays they're ginormous um but i just think it's an interesting concept because obviously they that the, we can kind of almost separate in bodybuilding but i like the idea of what would how would you feel johnny if we did or, you know, they did the same in, like, all professional sports. So, say, like, take the Premier League. They had a tested and non-tested professional football league. Like, Because, to be honest, I would bet my house on the fact that the majority of top-level Premier League footballers um, or top-level of international footballers, you know, across the world are probably all doing something. I would say they may as well just make it legal throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And this, this is such an interesting concept. Right, okay, well, do you say, because most people probably are cheating anyway just make it legal and then just let people cheat and that way at least there's a, pl- a fair playing field yeah and at least then at least the well, the bodies like FDFA or FIFA or WADA where they control what drugs they're bringing in they can control the manufacturer better they can put different accreditation you're going to get from this lab this lab that you know is going to be quality stuff and they're almost going to I wouldn't say eradicate but it'd help you eradicate black market steroids and growth and blah yeah. blah blah so almost controls it, but I think I think it'd be a good idea. But it's never well. I say it's never going to happen, but it'll, it'll boil down to will sponsors accept it? Yeah. Will people they, will people continue yeah. to watch? Yeah, because I, I, I really think people believe that gear, steroids, growth, because there's more there's more to it than steroids. There's loads of stuff, but performance hasn't drugs. I think I think people generally think you're cheating, and it's like well. 
you're not because you're still going to put in the work. You just recover quicker and you can gain more muscle faster and lose weight faster. Well, you, you, are, you, are, you are cheating for all those reasons. Those aren't reasons you? Aren't I think people think that, like, take drugs and you've got to do nothing else. That's not true. Yeah, I think maybe, yeah, from, in that respect, yeah. Not you, well, you are. If it's a test, if it's test and you're cheating the test, you are cheating, yeah. Mm. But in terms of the work you've got to put in, it's not, doesn't make it. Like you don't do nothing, no. take it, you just do nothing. The, the way I like to describe it is more around like it just so, so that genetic limit or that limit that you have it kind of just pushes that a lot further when you're taking drugs. So, like yeah. you say, you can, yeah, those things like you know, you recover easier, you can take higher workloads and that type of stuff, but um, you still have to put in the work to go through it all because you know, you're not going to take drugs and sit on your ass all day and then say, like, if you're a bodybuilder, excuse me, and he burped. Um, grow, you know. You st- well, actually, that's not true. There are some studies that show people do just grow muscle mass sitting. But you know what I mean? You're not going to look like an, a flipping elite bodybuilder unless you put in the hard work. So you still have to do all that as with the point you make. And I guess actually going to the Icarus thing, that's a prime example because um, I don't know whether he ever confirmed that the other, you know, like these top ten guys were were actually doping, were they? But um, I guess the point was they probably were. Um, all and yeah exactly and the reason he still even though he was also doping the reason he couldn't touch them still was because they just still had better genetics than him and whether that's better genetics uh physically or whether it's kind of the genetics and the habits and everything else meant they worked harder or maybe kind of had something in their genetic psyche if that's even the correct phrase that made them work harder um all those things kind of all matter so it's kind of like you know the point of drugs just aren't going to do be everything no, i mean not that we're trying to make a big point here i suppose around drugs it's an interesting conversation more than anything um, I believe a lot of things in it. Yeah, yeah. tends to a lot of things in nutrition and training and what people believe is possible, what people believe is not possible, and what because I think people think that you take drugs and you should be a champion. It's never the case. The top ten in any sport will always be the top ten gear or not. Yeah, but the bottom ones won't touch them. They right. won't come anywhere near them. It's like, no. right, I was, I was just, go on, go on. There you go. I've been listening to like um, Lyle and Broderick Ch- Chavez, and he's a bright dude. What's that? Oh, it's my um, wash dishwasher. Cure. You need to stop that, mate. Yeah, stop now. Mm, that's hurting my lugs. They've shown more progression in sport. Yeah. It's like public demand. The things get better, and they said, "Do you, you have to be naive to think that we are getting better, or we are broken, breaking a formula in my left, right, and centre? That it's they're not taking drugs. They're all on drugs. Every one of them. And they were talking about um, to make it relevant to like what we do, sort of training and physique." They were saying, like, there's not many people in the world that would hold 190 pound, 200 pound max, super lean, 3% natural, like hardly anyone in the world. But you've got so many people now walking the streets at like 210, 220 pound shredded. It's like, well, there's so much gear involved that it's incredible. Then he goes off with powerlifting, bodybuilding, cycling, running. Um, a lot of the improvements have been attributed to steroids yeah. and equipment yeah. actual human physiological human physicality getting better it just isn't happening to a huge level yeah. it's minute because I mean you've gone from is it like I think they mentioned natural before gear was a thing like the 1920s which is before it really got not mainstream but before it was really known about that much I think the max bench in the world was like £350, £400. Now you've got £1,000 benches. It's like, well, we clearly have got better in terms of nutrition and training, but you haven't got nearly four times better as a human. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, sp- I suppose I suppose it's like the le- the level of advancement in the short space of time just goes way and above outstrips any type of evolutionary um, capabilities that we have. I suppose. Yeah, and they actually, this this is a I'm not, I don't know if it's a fact or not, but they were talking about periodization, mm. and it come from steroids. Oh they yeah, be- yeah, yeah. Because like they build up to three weeks of armor in it, and then to to shoot the test, they come off for a week. Yeah. They reduce the training back down. Until they go back on and then jump to him back up again. I thought, oh yeah, well actually it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. But he was actually talking about when they actually came into. Um, they were first sold in like nineteen twenty. To the and they reckon Hitler was one of the first guys to have, um, uh, what's it called a prescription for test prop. <laughs> okay. okay, that's interesting because um, obviously Eric Helms has been putting out a lot of content of the last few months around. The history of bodybuilding and i'm sure and obviously it'd be interesting uh comparing really but i'm sure a lot of the people in the 40s and 50s or around that era i think that he's been putting out he was kind of well i think i maybe i inferred it from it rather than he implied it but um i thought he implied that they they didn't even know what steroids were then so that, so if they're if broderick who was who was it broderick chavez and lyle donald lyle right okay so if they're suggesting that um, obviously, Helms and Lyle aren't getting on very well at the moment, <laughs> so they might not might not mind an argument. But um, if they well, if if those two, so Broderick and Lyle, are suggesting that stories were available, then that'd be interesting because it kind of goes against a lot of stuff Her- Eric's saying. Because Eric's point is around like what's possible, natural, and obviously a lot of these bodybuilders were, you know, hundred and I don't know what they were, but like pretty lean at 170, 180 pounds. I think a lot of those guys. Um, so it just shows that like they didn't have anywhere near the type of science, the research, the method methodology that we've got. They didn't even have the, like you say the equipment that we have now. Yet they pretty much to build pretty damn good physiques. It kind of shows you what's possible. And obviously his point is around that they are supposedly natural, um, but maybe not. Well, yeah, I think they mentioned was if it was a test. It was a test prop or was it test test prop or was the other one? Suspension, so suspension like the one that you take like twice a day, a day is ridiculous. I think it was either one of those. One was first, one was second. It was in nineteen twenty, early twenties, in the late twenties. Anyway, stuff like I don't know what this is called, halo testing or something. That was in like the early thirties. So they knew, and steroids became available pretty much, or they found out about them pretty much soon after the centrifuge. What's it called? Like a centrifuge thing where you just spin stuff around oh, and like centrifugal force, yeah. Yeah, so when that, when that what came about, that little um, design where they could separate things in the blood and stuff yeah. like that, they actually found it through dog's piss. They put dog's piss in the center of the thing, and I think a crystallized thing on the top, and that was testosterone. So they injected it back into the dog. That dog, obviously, aggression went up, came on the heat. And it got blah, blah. Yeah, and they <laughs> got it from me, and I was like, Ooh. it was like, I think that was even, he basically said, from the turn of the 20th century, they knew about steroids, which is insane, really, isn't it? So, 100, 120 years. But obviously, it wasn't available until the 20s, what's that, and 98 years. It's a long time. <laughs> they knew about it. Mm. So, maybe it does put into question how long it's been used in sport. Yeah. Because apparently, they were invented for sport. Okay. But I, I think if people are under... What with the correct genetics of what um, steroids can do, growth hormone. Some of the best natural pros in the world are about 190 pounds. 
Yeah. Only 13 and a half stone. The best pro that, well, one of the best, well, the best pro that I ever lived, Ronnie Coleman, was 21 on stage. It's wow. a lot of difference. Yeah, nice. <laughs> That's eight stone of not fat, muscle. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, that's... You know, the guy was 296 pound or nearly £300 on stage. Bear in mind, I think, people looking at this who look at, like, Instagram models, people on Facebook who are shredded, magazines, women magazines, blah, 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 blah. You'd be very surprised of what they are doing to get in the condition they're in, especially females with abs. I mean, if you've got abs as a female... You're generally probably not in the greatest place in health terms of like your menstrual cycle period, blah blah blah. You see these rep women, it's like, mm, come on. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously going to be genetic outliers, but like you yeah. say, for the, for the most part, because obviously this is a, um, a, a survival, evolutionary, ancestry, whatever word you want to use. I don't really know what the correct term is, but women need to carry more body fat from a hormonal perspective and also from a, um, a perspective of obviously carrying children. Obviously, they need, yeah. they need to protect their child. So, when you get that low levels of body fat, when you know, as a woman, you've got a very strong defined um, six pack, say, or like abs, then yeah, that you're not going to be in the greatest shape in terms of health. Or, and as you say, a lot of people then suffer with amenorrhea, obviously, which is a loss of period because um, of basically low energy availability and stuff. And yes, yeah, it's, it's not ideal. Let's be honest. I think it, but it, I think it does warp what's possible yeah. and especially if someone wants if someone's looking to lose weight oh, I want that bum or I want that ab it's like well it, it's probably never going to happen because you're not that person your your bum is different to someone else's so it's always people that could should should aspire to like that's a good body what can I take how do, how do they get it can I how, how can I get my body into a similar position even though I can't look like them like, I'd love to look like Alan Schwarzenegger but I don't have the genetics, so it's a, it's a fallacy from the get-go. However, could think actually, well, how does he, how do you train, how he diet, his, his dedication, blah blah blah. Look up to people, but don't want to be like them, because chances are you will never be like them. Mm. Like, course, I want to lose fifty pound and look like this. Well, you may not look like that. Yeah. Okay, just taking it back to obviously your point around how much, like, and obviously the, the context is in sports, but how much we've developed. Um, what am I trying to say? So I guess like what we now run 100 meters at nine second something odd nine six. I don't know yeah. what the, the what the current record is, but um, like obviously there was a point where someone broke. Or like take Roger Bannister when he first broke the four minute mile. Um, it was Roger Bannister, wasn't it? I made that. Yeah. Up. Yeah. yeah. Um, or obviously you know like whoever broke the first say ten second hundred meters. Like people will probably say all those times that's never no one's ever going to do that. No one ever going to do that. Um, and I guess <sighs> there's always going to be this debate around whether it was legitimate in terms of um, cheating or not, as in enhanced or not, or assisted or not. I don't know. I don't know. We don't really know, do we? I don't think you're ever going to know for, for a lot of those milestones where, um, you know, like take the Roger Bannister example or whatever, the first person to do under um, do, a, do under a, t- a 10 second, uh, 100 meters. But just like, it's, I'm glad you brought it up because it relates to what we said we would talk about today because obviously we didn't say we we're going to talk about drugs and all that stuff but obviously that documentary is so cool just so if people do or are interested in that type of stuff go go watch it on Netflix because fantastic watch um, but to bring it back to what we were going to talk about because it does kind of relate to some of the things we talked about is 
Um, obviously, most people, I think, even in the general popula- pop, uh, public or population, not just um, fitness professionals, not just obviously even fitness enthusiasts, um, enthusiasts. <laughs> yes, right, tongue twisting. Yes, because um, it's been all of the news. Most people would have seen that. Uh, a young lad, I say young, He's, I think he's about 32, something like that, Ross Edgley, um, considered probably the world's fittest man. He's got self-titled books and the world's fittest man, so um, even if it's not considered, he's, <laughs> he's called himself it. He managed to swim the entire circumference of the United Kingdom. non yeah, yeah, without touching land, so non-stop. Obviously, non-stop does include sleep, you know, he obviously had to sleep at some point, but... I just thought that is such an amazing thing. I want to talk about it because I think like there's a few lessons um, us general population can learn from that. Um, focusing around the main thing, one thing, which I won't kind of spoil right now, but we'll, we'll touch in a minute. But I thought it might be worthwhile just going like, actually, let's see what Ross did if people don't know. Um, and then we can talk about maybe, you know, like the, the theme that I want to, I want to kind of touch on. So um, 157 days nonstop swimming averaging 12 hours a day didn't touch land spent his entire time in the water or on a boat included night swims day swims or whatever but uh yeah 12 hours straight uh straight obviously most days i'll say straight sorry average of 12 hours um i think there's some wait i've got some records somewhere on his on the red bull because it's sponsored by red bull on the red bull page so 157 days first person to swim around the entire south coast which took him 30 days um I don't know if that's a record, but obviously it's a record for being the first person to swim. swim. Well, actually, no, yeah, of course it is. If he's the first person, it's got to be a record. What a silly thing to say. Um, longest, uh, what, obviously the longest staged sea swim, 157 days, as you obviously must be. Land's End to John O'Groats, 62 days, another world record. Average time swimming, obviously, over 12 hours. This is quite cool. Estimated calorie burn over that entire 157 days. How many do you reckon, Johnny? Let me, hang on, let me, let me get a calculator out. No, no, do it in your head. 157 days. 157 days. Yeah. How's, this, ha, this, how many calories a day do you think he, he burns? Or NGS exercise or as a human as well. No, you know well I, mean? it, it, I don't know because the statistic says estimated calories uh, burned. So mm. I'm assuming uh, like generally include all TDE. I reckon. Um, 157 days. Yeah. I reckon two and a half million. Cool, mate. Not that much. Half a million, five hundred and five thousand two hundred nineteen. I think on the Joe Roden podcast that I heard him on, I think he estimated ten to fifteen thousand a day. Fifteen thousand a day times one hundred fifty-seven days is like two point yeah. three million. Yeah, I know, but they, they're saying five hundred and five five hundred and five thousand two hundred nineteen. Maybe Ross got his figures wrong on the podcast. I don't know because obviously it was so three thousand calories a day. Well, he. Well, that's what this. That's, that's, yeah, that's what this is saying. But as I say, maybe he, maybe that's just. I don't think that's no. wrong. Yeah, I still actually. To be fair, even saying it like that, I think it's. That's, I think they've underestimated that. But you're going to be doing eight hundred thousand an hour, probably swimming again in that terrain. Well, if if you're swimming against tide a lot of the time, um, in yeah, you know, against the wind, against other stuff like that. Although there was obviously other times, I think we said he was he was picking up some knots just sitting still because obviously he was going with the the tide or, or with the wind and stuff. But still, um, twelve hours a, d- a day in the water, you know, like hard swimming, you could it's probably crazy. say you could be not far off anywhere between five hundred and a thousand per hour. So that's easily going to be six thousand, twelve thousand a day from swimming. That's that's, that's about the rest of the twelve hours of the Yeah. 
So I think they've probably got that wrong either, unless there's a decimal point somewhere. But it, it definitely says estimated calories burned 505,219. So apologies. Oh, I don't know. Um, okay, anyway, we'll, we'll skip by that. It's, it's interesting. Um, I will touch on maybe the food thing in a minute because I thought that was really interesting. But longer single swim, 5 hours and 25 minutes, and he swam 33.4 kilometers. Which is impressive. Yeah. Uh, distance travelled 2,883 kilometres. Do you know what I also thought was cool? So he he obviously was speaking to Joe about uh, leaving off. I think it was like the 1st of June or something and obviously got back a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was. He said it was really funny leaving in the middle of summer, coming back and everyone was putting up the Christmas decorations. That's how long he'd been gone. He hadn't been back on land. It's absolutely outrageous. He's an outrageous guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's just like... The guy is, seems like... I've not met him. Um, obviously, a few of our fitness friends are, are kind of friends with him. So, but And they all say the same thing. But um, he does seem like one of the nicest guys from when you see him. Uh, like, uh, listening on the podcast, he sounds like such a nice guy. Um, does some, like, yeah, crazy shit. I mean, obviously, he's ran a marathon, pulled a mini. He swam somewhere in the Caribbean, I think, uh, carrying a tree. Didn't he? They tied a fifty pound tree to his his waist and swam pulling this along. Um, I don't think he managed that. Though. I think he stopped. I think that's why he did the swim, um, because he tried this this swim from like one Caribbean island to another, which was a ridiculous feat in itself. But I think with tides or something, couldn't finish it. So he basically said he had unfinished business, and then one of his mates said, "Why don't you just swim around the UK?" And he, he was no. like, "Ha, you're funny." <laughs> no, seriously. Oh, all right. Why not then? And obviously, once that's in his head, you know, like from the sounds of what this guy's like, that's it. I'm doing it. So, yeah, I, yeah, it's mad. What I found interesting was like, like, so you're swimming 12 hours. Obviously, you need sleep, which I imagine you got a lot of sleep. You'd have to get a lot of sleep to try and recover from from that consistently. Um, when you eat, and they literally said they like throwing food in the water with him swimming. I'll be hanging with yeah. it. Yeah, so I said he's eating like salty. Like he's, I can't remember. I don't even know the amount now, so I'm completely pu- plucking figures out of the air. But they were saying he's just went through something stupid, like fucking twenty bananas a day or something. I don't know. I don't really know actually. Um, in fact, there is a there is a bit on the thing here about his diet. I think maybe I can pull some some interesting stuff out of it. But he, I know he said basically they're eating mostly obviously like calorie and carb dense foods. And he said about one of the things he's eating is like bags of chicken wings to get some obviously protein, but um, also loads of like porridge oats with whey protein in and nut butters and honey and coconut oil just getting as much calorie so I guess as well one of the problems he had was his tongue started to fall apart literally is disintegrating fall off the salt in the water just made his tongue literally just disintegrate That's so mad. yeah he's you can see him there's a video on one of the on the Red Bull YouTube page where he's like peeling bits of his tongue off um, <laughs> and he had like a horrendous chafe mark on the back of his neck like a massive open wound where his obviously wetsuit had been rubbing on his neck consistently like for hour after hour day after day and obviously he said there's a moment where he's laying in bed and he got out and had like fused to his pillowcase or something oh. you think oh my days like I think that's the thing isn't it? I think people do these crazy feats but then people don't understand what actually it does to your body no no, no. I mean you think to yourself right We've all been at that point, I suppose, at some point in our lives, everyone has, whether it's 500 metres, 5 miles or 50 miles, whatever. we've all been to that point where we've been physically exhausted and say, like, we're in our heads, we can't do any more. Imagine what that's like after two hours of swimming and then thinking, you've got to swim another 10 hours and you've got to do this for another 156 days. Straight. It's, it's not a mental, you've got to have a big mental attitude. No. Yeah, and that's that's exactly the point. So why I'm, why I'm telling the people all this stuff is like, Obviously, this is the the 
absolute outlier, extreme top end of the you know the spectrum. But there is a bit of a synergy here with like dieting that you kind of ha- to to be successful in a diet, you have to have a bit of mental fortitude. That's yeah. the phrase I want to use. So um, Ross has got it more than I've ever seen or heard of anyone in my entire life. I think I can't think of anyone that's done the type of stuff and and has the attitude he has um, than anyone. Like I'm probably sounding like a bit of a fanboy, like, but it's one of those things where like I'm so in awe of what he's done that, yeah, it's just flipping amazing, really. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was useful to say, right? Okay, well, let's 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 see where what is what we mean by mental fortitude. What what do you think we mean, Johnny? I think it's almost <clears throat> when it gets hard, whatever, whatever it may be, dieting, training, anything. You have to have some <clears throat> mental motivation yourself to, to motivate yourself to carry on going, even though it's difficult. Mm. And I don't. I think we live in an age where that's not really the case anymore. It's like, oh, unless it's easy, I'm not going to bother. Unless it happens tomorrow, I'm not going to bother. Mm. Unless I lose eight stone by yesterday, I'm not going to bother. Just like going through the difficult times to push through to what you actually want. But it's self-motivation. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, an example would be, like, um, I don't know. We, we kind of touched on it on one of the ranty episodes we did um, two or three weeks ago, but you, get, you, you kind of got someone with the um, goal or aspiration they want to lose some weight. You know, they've got every intention of doing so. They kind of get on track, start putting some some you know some some of the work some of the groundwork um start building some good habits that type of stuff and then a, a you know a, a speed bump or a road bump comes along where you know a social occasion it's kind of like well um yes there's plenty of stuff you can do to help kind of circumnavigate this speed hump but to a certain extent you kind of got to have a little bit of mental toughness or mental fortitude because um at some point, the stress of it all builds up, um, especially in society nowadays, because there is a lot of stress. Like as much as you know, we're saying people like the easy route, which you know I'm, I am inclined to agree with. There are still some stressful times, but this is where, like you know, back in the day, maybe, and I suppose actually, there's probably stress, stressful times at all times. You know, you, know, you think of back in the day where, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, getting to the point. So you do need to be mentally tough is the point we're making. And obviously that's that example, you kind of got to start to really think about, okay, well, what do I want? Or, um, you know, what can I do to, to kind of get over this speed bump? So I don't just ruin my progress or keep having the reset as the term we've used in that podcast over and over again. Yeah. There needs to be, I, I think, cause people focus on arbitrary numbers. I'm going to lose a storm. Well, what for? Why? What's 14 pounds? Is like, oh, it's just a number and it's just a, just a number on a scale. There needs to be some reason why you want to lose 14 pounds. It's like I go, when you say we've all been there, the worst one I can think for me is doing a, a 90 mile bike ride when I didn't train for it. Thought I'd just do it. So I was on the top of the second mountain. So 65 miles in, 60 miles in, so near enough 40 miles to go. I'd cramped from my toe to my hip flexors all the way up. I couldn't move. I was like, in fact, I can't do anything. But obviously I had to have some food in it. But I thought, if I fail, I'm going to look like a pussy. It's not like, oh, you've got 40 miles to go. The 40 miles is just an arbitrary number. The fact is, I must finish or 
and then like a prick. That's just that's just my reason for that. But it was a reason why I, I wanted to finish because I didn't want to look like an asshole. Not because oh, it's forty miles left. It's like I've got to finish regardless because I'm competitive and I refused to be beaten. But if someone just goes, I want to ride forty miles, then you've got nothing to like. Well, what for? Why? It's like diet, isn't it? I'm going to lose 14 pounds because I will get into my wedding dress, because I will look better on the beach, because I'm obese now and losing 14 pounds makes me overweight, which makes me healthier or whatever. There has to be some reason why you're doing it. And that helps with the mental fortitude. You go, right, I'm doing it for my mother, father, kids, whatever. So you've got that extra gear in the back and when things will go wrong because they will go wrong at some point definitely no definitely <laughs> um yeah like, one thing like going back to the swimming thing with ross just to kind of use an analogy almost but obviously an experience for him so one of the things he talked about which um made me die really just even hearing it but the one of the biggest obstacles he had all the time was jellyfish obviously tons of jellyfish around the coast all coast of the uk really um, and obviously he'd get stung and they'd be a bit annoying but he said the pain would pass and he said there was one time where he got stung and he said this this pain just not going he said it's just like a different pain it just felt like far more excruciating than a lot of the other stings he's been getting and uh, he knew that he obviously had only like every single day this 12 hour window of getting as far as he can and that even an hour off might mean that they don't finish it so he kind of you know this this mental fortitude he's got to just kind of dig in and just keep going through, following through with the process of whatever it is he needs to do in the same way as obviously a lot of us need to do when we diet. Um, yeah. And I remember he talked about how after about three hours, he just swam with this sting and he's thinking like, actually this is getting to a point where I don't know what's happening because that should have gone by now and it hasn't. And uh, he tells a story about how he pops his head up to obviously some of the, the guys on the boat and says, I've been stung by a jellyfish and, this one just doesn't seem to want to go. And the guy on the boat turns around and says, yeah, I know. I can see the tentacles still wrapped around your face. <laughs> I'm just thinking, this, this guy has so much mental toughness. He just swam for three hours with a jellyfish tentacle wrapped around his face. That is insane, isn't it? Yeah. That is insane. So, I mean, I guess like, as, as blunt as this is, one of the points around is like, when we moan, we're a little bit hungry because we haven't eaten for three hours. Or you know we've, we're a few weeks into a diet where we've put ourselves in a in a hypochloric state, i.e., you know, an energy deficit. And really, there are a lot worse things you could that or people can endure. Um, and I like Ross isn't special physically, physiologically. You know, he's not he's not there's nothing built about, or he's not built in any way that means he can protect his face from fucking jellyfish for Christ's sake. It's more a case of that he's just has so much self belief and focus on a goal that nothing's going to stop him not even a jellyfish that's wrapped around his face or wrapped around his goggles like he he talked about this and this is disgusting really even to think about it so this makes me feel horrible but he talks about how when he obviously um they they take this jellyfish off his face is swollen so much that it's just like almost unrecognizable like say on one side like just a big blob um he can't get his goggles back on his face is so swollen so what he does he gets his goggles and he's like punching them back on creating a dent in his face to get his goggles back on you think to yourself jesus christ man this guy has this view of this goal what he's going to do and there, there is nothing stopping him he's insane yeah like and that's the type of like if we really want like okay it, again it's a really extreme end of you know the spectrum but 
we can learn a lot from that type of stuff where you know we don't it doesn't mean you have to say no to everything but when you're dieting you know you really kind of have to have that type of mental toughness where you can really visualize and focus on your goal and use that as motivation to just get through those tough moments it's mentality with champion in it of whatever of whatever you do most of them have got that crazy attitude this is the goal i want it's extreme so i have to have an extreme attitude towards it yeah. and this obviously it depends on the level of diet and you're going to do like if you're going to if, you, if you've got extreme weight to lose you're probably going to have to have an extreme mindset to be able to go right i've got 300 or whatever 300 pounds to lose that's a lot of weight hmm. and it's like you are going to have to push through a lot of issues and a lot of obstacles to get to where you want to go because if you don't you won't get there and I think in terms of like normal people like maybe you say 20, 30 pound 40 pound still a lot of weight but for me looking back on I've dieted both ways being flexible being very rigid and for me probably a lot of other people I would say it's probably better to just say no not to not go in but to say no to the food because I doubt very many people can go I'll have one sandwich or I'll have one pasty there's always that oh yeah that little bit more that little bit more if you don't do it then you almost don't I think it's like when they say the, the seal is broke when you drink in it but someone has a piss then they just can't stop pissing after it it's like when you eat if you diet in and you have that one piece of chocolate at a wedding where you can't control the environment and it's all there in front of you 90% of people will just go, right then, let's have some more. Yeah, you I agree. Be picking. You might just be picking. It might not be like a two plate. It might be all that little patty or that little bit of a chicken sandwich, but it ends up being like 2,000 calories by the end of the night. So for me, a lot of people would be suck it up and just not have anything. Yeah. But, but then the, it's back down to your goals, isn't it? Yeah. I would say the, the irony of that of saying suck it up like it's almost like actually out of the two it's probably the easier option like of, of, of abstaining completely for a lot of people and obviously this is about knowing yourself and what you know suits your personality your habits your um preferences that type of stuff is about knowing that but once you know that i yeah i kind of i'm on your your um your page i think most people will survive easier which is why i say it's ironic saying you know suck it up and don't have any exactly it's the easier option i think but about kind of having that taste because it is almost like the forbidden fruit once you have a bit you don't you do want to then have more um me and fran talked about on our episode where we said around like some of the strategies that we use to help us adhere to a diet while still being able to be flexible is um we save some of our more hyperpathable foods at a point of the day i.e the evening where we're less likely to overeat because we know that our food environment and the situation means we're going to eat and go to bed so there is no longer that time where we're then sitting there craving foods like you might do if you had a donut in the office and you then got the rest of the day to then think, oh, I'm sitting there with donuts. And like your example, was it a wedding or whatever example you just used about a buffet? You know, if you have a piece, are you going to be able to see out the rest of that evening or day and thinking, oh, I want another piece of wedding cake or oh, I want another thing? Probably unlikely. Yeah. Well, I've done it both ways and I find it much easier to just say, nope. Yeah. It's, and it feels like both... Both flexible and rigid dieting both require restraint. Yeah. You know, but it's flexible restraint and rigid restraint. Um, and like the flexible part doesn't even necessarily have to be flexible food. So you don't have to be like, oh, like I'm flexible dieting man, so I'm going to eat a load of junk food. Well, actually, it might just be more flexible around um, 
not say food choices, but uh, meal timing, or it might be flexibility around the composition of those meals. Um, you know, there's more, more things to have um, in terms or reasons for flexible dieting to be a concept than it is just to be about having as many pop tarts you can in your diet. Because that's not what it's about. You know, I guess I'm, it's been made about that by a lot of people, and how yeah. much shit can fit into a diet. And she's like, well, that's not a sustainable diet. No, it's 100% exactly. So, um, I mean, like, I suppose, like, to give some value we've kind of touched on it a little bit already around pointers what people can do to help them kind of develop mental toughness because joe and i keep referencing the podcast just because obviously ross they that was like a three hour long one and obviously ross and and joe rogan talked a lot about a lot of different stuff which is really like i'd recommend anyone who's interested in this go listen because they did have a really good chat about some things and i think joe's a really good host and asked some really good questions um and obviously ross just i think just his experience of this whole thing is just amazing to hear but um yeah they kind of did did sort of talk around like um whether they thought this was kind of something you're born with or could develop and i think ross said it's not something you're born with he said he th- I, I, from memory just listening back to the podcast or remember back to the podcast i think it was something they said that actually it's something you kind of you work out and you train it's not really something that you just like yeah you you know i i don't know how how what are your thoughts on that do you think people are born with that mental toughness or do you think it's something they can kind of uh, condition I think I think it's conditioned. I think, but I can only really judge on it like me personally. Like, but I've when I'm in the zone, I'm very very strict to myself. So I, I, yes, that was developed over time. Like I was fat, so I clearly had no discipline with Thailand. Mm-hmm. But I had the discipline to be able to do chicken, rice, broccoli every day, five times a day, for a long time. So I think it's developed but i think it's also developed by the reasoning you might come across a reason that makes you like that you know what i mean there might be a reason why so it's okay. like, like yeah. tra- people have trauma in their life they change their life absolutely and utterly totally because they've had a, someone died close to them they've changed their life they may not have they may not have had the motivation before but something's given them that psycho motivation for something so i think it can be developed but i do think at the really extreme levels like that i think there must be something you're born with you know what i mean yeah 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 i i mean i don't really know how i feel about it uh i guess maybe it might even be a spectrum of both or a combination of both where some people just tend to have more i mean it depends also you could separate motivation and mental toughness to a certain extent in that are you mentally tough because you're motivated rather than them being one of the same thing or um i don't think different do they yeah like i think people think motivation is the very american yeehaw ooh, let's just go at it and it's like if you've got a goal you're not motivated all the time i can assure you with that and you're deep in the diet you ain't motivated to go and do an hour of cardio on yeah that's a but, fair that's a really fair point actually because motivation is something that's just not there is motivation isn't something that's there or not there it's something that is a uh again a continuum it's something that wanes it's there at one point it might not be the next actually that's why we're such a we're gonna i don't know if this is a tangent actually but that's why we go on so much around habits and, and setting up your environment because they're the things that get you through those times where because basically if you're motivated if you're if you're like you know what i really want a six-pack like yeah i feel brilliant right i'm gonna go out and get my nutrition sorted i'm gonna go do some training and blah 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 at that point, you're super motivated and you ain't going to have any problems. 
when you're then two days later fucking knackered, you're busy at work and your missus at home saying, can we get a Chinese takeaway? You might go, yeah, I'm not so motivated anymore. I'm going to have that fucking Chinese takeaway. Whereas obviously that's the time where if you've spent long enough building habits and creating the right environment and setting up your environment for success, they get you for those times where motivation is not so good. So, which is, you know, just demonstrating your point of how um, motivation is up and down. It's not one thing that is, it kind of exists or doesn't exist. Yeah, because you just go to phases, isn't it, where you like, you go to train. Hmm. I always feel awesome today, kind of smash it. You might go, I feel like shit today. I don't really want to train, but I know i got to go and train. Hmm. That's, motiv- that's motivation. Just go, right, i got to do it regardless of the situation. Yeah, yeah. I, I consider myself re- highly self-motivated. Like, hmm. I don't think many people... Um, certainly many, many general pop which kind of rigid as and habits and stuff that I have but that's exactly because they are that they've just developed habits over so many years so I've never been like this I've not always been like this I should say sorry I've not always been like this um, but I still have days now where I get up in the morning you know probably once a week at least where I get up and I'm like oh my god I'm tired and I don't really want to go train now at 5.15 but like it never happens where I then go back to bed. I always get up because I've just developed this habit where like, and that's, that's the reason that is because this habit gets me through the times where I'm not motivated to go train. And that's what it's all about. But you still get up and you still go and do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. someone who's not, yeah. has a mental toughness, just go and just turn over and go back to bed. And so, sleep in an hour and a half. Yeah. So to, <laughs> most successful people in the world, all the successful sportsmen, businessmen, they may always be motivated, but they'll always do what they need to do every day mm. for years mm-hmm. and years and years. This is why it bugs me and people get annoyed when they like, oh, I have only lost half a pound this week. I'm like, shut up. It's taken you 20 years to gain where you are. Just get on with it. Yeah, you're not going to get lean in 20 minutes. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh I've only lost this much. I've only been going, how long are we going for? Oh, Eight days. It's like, oh, God's sake. In more than eight days. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, okay. So, um, so what the, the things that I've, I'll come up with some points really what can help people with either mental toughness or fortitude or just motivation if we don't want to separate and we want to kind of compile them into the same uh, little section. Um, one thing you can do is write your goals down. So, writing them down. I know it's a bit cheesy, you know, oh, write your goals down. But actually, if you write them down, it's really easy to visualize. It's really easy to then have something that kind of as a constant reminder, especially if you have it somewhere like, uh, I don't know, if you have an office at home, you can have something there. Or, or if you have, you know, I don't know, just put it anywhere. Anywhere where you think you might come across it a lot and it can keep reminding you, put it on the fridge, that type of thing. I find it's good to go, use the goal and then break it down. What am I going to do to get there? Mm-hmm. Like one year goal is this much, six month goal, monthly goal. What I gotta do in a week? What I gotta do day to day? In a day, I must do da da da. In the week, I must do da da da. In a month, I must do this. And then you know you may not hit it, but you're gonna be pretty close in you. Yeah. But if you don't, you still build those habits to carry it on. Yeah. Do, do you know what I really like about it? so that 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 point you just made there? What I really like is something like. Starting a um, or it's like as you set out your main overall goal, your objective, 
but break that down to small bits and those small bits to be like when you start to be so easy that you can't fail and like an example of that might be which i i am gonna credit him because i'm gonna steal this off him but james clear obviously who is an author of a book called atomic habits really good at um that type of stuff like habit building things and he said like basically you know if you if you're the type of person that says right well my goal is to go out running say break it down to all the steps that it takes to go out and do whatever you know like a marathon what do you do to start with we well, didn't go out and run 10k to start with the the first time you go out you break it down so like i was like okay cool so what do you go out and run a kilometer <clears throat> the example is like no actually what you do is you go the first thing you do is you just got to put your running trainers on don't even matter if you don't go out just put your running trainers on it's like you can't fail that you just like you can't you put your running trainers on you go so then the next time you go out if you put the running trainers on you step outside you've already beaten it so actually you're cool and it's, it's almost like you just that tiny little small progressions um where all of a sudden you're then out running 5k and it's felt like you've not made any extra effort almost because the the progressions i mean don't wrong obviously but some people might be more motivated from going out and doing more a bit like dieting you know some people are really motivated from really drastic measures to start with because you know it's it's quite motivating to see a huge drop on the scale weight say as an example but i think for the most part i really like that breaking down to stuff that you can't really fail with because it also teaches people that this isn't a quick fix and actually this is very much a habit-based long-term lifestyle change um are you oh did I, i i came up with a term during the week and i think i came up with a term I don't think I've heard anyone say it, but you never know. I might have stolen off someone subconsciously or not known, but I think I think it was lifestyle amendment, I think was the term I used. I have to look back on one of my Instagram posts because I used it in there, but I like the phrase lifestyle amendment. Yeah, I like it's good. Because it's like, you know, like everyone says change or oh, it's a big scary thing, this big change, but just using changing the word like yeah, or m- r- swapping the word change to amendment or adjustment, maybe that might have been lifestyle adjustment, I can't remember now, whatever phrase, but it just felt like, actually, you know what, it kind of tells people the message that they need to change, and you know, like the whole Einstein, is it Einstein, Albert Einstein that came up with the um, the definition of insanity, is just repeating the same thing over and over again, and expecting different results? Apparently it was him, but apparently what, some mostly attributed him, but apparently it wasn't. But oh, right, okay, so well, either, either way, whoever it was, fair play, but obviously, that's kind yeah. of that thing, really, like you do, you can't, as much as fit pros and fucking like want to sell the magic pill of, do you know what? You don't have to change anything, but I can get you shredded, but you can have the best life ever eating all the cake and pizza and donuts and stuff you want. Bullshit. Like that's what got got you into this place in the first place. That's types of habits. So you are inevitably going to have to change something. Um, yes, a coach's goal is to make it as easy as possible and find something to suit your adherence preferences and that type of thing. But you do have to change. There's, there's got to be an expectation of that. So this kind of like lifestyle amendment is... It just felt like that's a really nice yeah. term. I don't know. Like I say I might have nicked it from someone. I don't know. But. Definitely a good term. I think it's definitely definitely applicable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done the same thing with reading because I've got it before. <laughs> like, seven, like you must read an hour a night of anything, mm. not fiction. I don't like fiction. is just bullshit. Mm. Um, factual you can learn from. So I wasn't doing it. So right, obviously that was too much. Just go right. I will read for fifteen minutes every day, and it's not a lot of time. 50 minutes or a chapter, whichever is quicker. Yeah. And for a week, I've done it, and it's not an effort. Just 50 minutes, breathe out, job done. Yeah. It's like it's almost like when it becomes not an effort, maybe I'll just make it a little bit harder and add a little bit more, so you might go to 25 minutes or whatever. And obviously, it's it's amazing how once you stop worrying about timescales and you just kind of follow it through and just keep incrementally um, incrementing it every now and then, you're up to an hour a night without even realising it. And that's yeah. the same with 
diet. It's the same with training. You know, like training is a really good example of periodization of just in slowly incrementing, like linear periodization of incrementing things slowly over time. Um, just making things a little bit harder over time. And eventually you think, fuck me, I'm bench pressing 200 kilos and I didn't even know. I think Gary Vaynerchuk says it best, best for business. And he, when you, it's like when you're patient, you can make the correct decisions and you're not worried about the minutia. And it's right. When you're patient, whatever you got, whether it's money, business, training, health, that if you look at the long game, you will always, you will more likely make the better decisions yeah. and not do stupid things. How often do we see people want to lose a shitload of weight and they make stupid decisions? Like the, the worst one is, oh, I can't afford coaching a hundred pound a month, but I go and spunk away five hundred quid on bullshit supplements five times a year. So it's cost me like four times the price anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like because you're looking at the short game on time. Look at the long game, right? In ten years, if you lost a pound, you know, if you lost, a, I know this is extreme. If you lost a pound a month for ten years, that's one hundred twenty pound of weight. Which is a lot of weight, which is like was that like eight stone or something like that. But you get the point. Like, yeah. if you look at the, if you aim for the long term, what's your ultimate goal? Then break it down. So you're always hitting the little mini goals all the time. Eventually, the big goal will come. Mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of the problem is is I don't think people realise how short a period human beings are alive or we're on this planet for really on this earth for. Um, I might sound a bit of a funny thing to say, but like people want everything now because two years, when you say it like two years, that seems like a hell of a long time. You know, like I don't want to wait two years to get, you know, in the condition I want to get in. But when you then think back, okay, well, can you think of a momentous point two years ago in your life? I can, because it was almost two years ago, not far, like in a, I don't know, even probably a, few, a couple of weeks or something that I found out that we were going to obviously have our first child. Um, and I said to Jenna the other day, like, Holy shit, where's that two years gone? It's absolutely mad that two years have disappeared. Now, if I'd have put something into place at that point, and now suddenly two years later, how much progress could I have made in that two years? Fucking tons. You know, just as that example, whatever, I mean, whatever that, whatever I put in place could have been, could have been whatever, but you know, the example is how quick that time actually goes. It's not a long time. So we shouldn't be looking at two years as a, you know, or actually another example. So, um, Ed obviously has a client, Jack, shout out mate. Um, obviously starting a uh, contest prep because he wants to compete next year. And it's like seven, eight months away to the potential first show or something. And it's like, wow, that's a long time to diet for. It's almost like, well, it, it is, you know, it feels like a long time, but actually it's not that long a time at all. That will fly by that six months. And obviously you need to allow yourself time, allow yourself um, diet breaks, all that type of stuff. Um, but it will absolutely fly by. You know, it's, it's it, it, things do take that type of time, but it's not actually that amount of time or a long time in in reality no. or perspective. It's not how long have humans been on the earth? Exactly. How old is the universe? Yeah. <laughs> Fourteen billion years. Yeah. It's nothing. And we've been on it for what was it? Few hundred thousand years. Yeah. We're not even a a blink of an eye. Yeah. Human race in terms of the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like a life you, you could live. We can legitimately live to be 100 years old, our generation, because of the tech that's coming out, uh, medical care, blah, blah, blah. We've got a roughly 70 years left. So it's our lifetime doubled and the 10 years that we can live. It's like 
if if you said right in 25 years time you would be a millionaire but you have to do this for 25 years it's a long time away but you could be a 55 year old millionaire and live 45 years as a millionaire but it's like anything and it? it's like well that's a long time away like you know what am i gonna do for 25 years but the end game is fantastic it's just like diet, isn't it? You want to lose three stone, but that might take you three years. Maybe, maybe not, but if you just kept at it, rather than being up and down and you always went back and forth, just be consistent, be patient. You have lost the three stone and be happy. Or be three years later, probably be the same weight and with less money and with a headache, the fact that you still can't lose the weight because you weren't patient. It's like anything. Role models building the day, no. but I think, but it's also, I think it's people given the quick result. You know, you can you can do this, or look at what this person done, and people compare themselves. Oh, well, that person done in this much time. Well, they're different to you. It's like if you're a forty year old mother of four, and you need four stone to lose, but you compare yourself to twenty one year old who's got four stone to lose, who lives with their parents, has got a good job, so no kids, no responsibilities. Who's going to find it easier? The youngster. Don't compare yourself to other people is another thing. No, definitely not. So, okay, so obviously we said about writing your goals down. Um, another thing I quite like is uh, visualising your goals. So I suppose mm. what I mean by that is like, not not probably as it sounds in that, not like, oh, like I'm going to visualise my six-pack abs. Um, what I really mean is like becoming that person, I suppose. Like, you, yes, visualising the body you want, but also visualising the person you want to be. So I, something that I kind of use as a bit of a, not mind trick, not a Jedi mind trick, but kind of like, you know, telling clients, look, you, to a certain point, you've got to become that person. So like when it's like, oh, well, I don't want to meal prep, but if you become that person that meal preps, you know, that's just what you do. All of a sudden, like you live and breathe it and there's nothing stopping that happening. You know, I'm that person that gets out of bed and trains in the morning. I'm that person that says no to donuts in the office. I am that healthy individual that doesn't drink every weekend and you know that type of stuff and it's it's rather than saying oh I'm just not having it once you you are like you almost um what's the word I'm looking for what's the word I'm looking for rather than you become that person I'm looking for a specific word but I can't think of it so I'm just going to skip over it but yeah it's just it's just that persona that becomes your persona I suppose is what I'm trying to say and um, that does think make things a lot easier yeah i also think like when you when you take on that persona of the the, you know the healthy person or the the person that does all the healthy things it's a lot easier as well for people to see you as that and then when you believe it and then they support you and can help you so you you go out you know and people then don't sneer that you know their nose up at you when you're not drinking because oh my god why are you not drinking you're so boring like actually when you're that healthy person and you like you believe it people start to think oh it's all right you know they just don't drink because they're that they don't want to drink they're that healthy person um it just makes like the level of support you get and and you get less people dragging you down as well i just think yeah. it's quite a useful tool does that make sense yeah 100 what what i heard it once on a fucking video before every every else gotta believe it you gotta believe it yeah. So you believe you can do it before anyone else is going to believe you can do it. Yeah. So it's almost like if you believe you're you're a person, like if you visualize the body you want and you've visualized visualize the type of person that is that has that body and what the type of things and habits and actions have to do, you kind of you'll do it. You'll act like that person. You'll start to do it, and you'll almost act like it 
even if you don't kind of really necessarily believe it to start with, if you if you try to visualize it and act like it for long enough, you will then start to believe it and be that person. You know, it'll become second nature to be that individual. So it's a lot, you know, you kind of just get, I think we all, I mean, Johnny, you'll probably back me up on this and you've seen it with clients as well. When people get in a rhythm, like clients get into, they just seem to hit a nice pace and a nice rhythm where all of a sudden they just start doing all the things. And I think that comes into it as well, that they've suddenly believed and they've just taken on this this persona of that person. Um, And that just makes the whole process a lot easier as well. Oh yeah, you do find, you do find a groove, the new in dieting. Hmm. And it's like, I think sometimes as well, Mike Israel says it about about when you're in the dark, stay in the dark. Yeah, in the zone of like, well, I'm comfortable eating what we call sort of bland food like chicken, broccoli, rice. Mm. But if you can do it and you're in the groove, then you may as well just stay in. You'd stay in the dark as such. You don't need. Oh, do you want this cake? No. Do you want to come out for a couple of pints? No. I've got something to hit. So yeah, you do. We find you get that groove and you make it utilize it and keep going as long as possible mm. in print. even even potentially the time to push harder if they can do it yeah 100 percent. have we got any more things to help i suppose people's um not don't want to go back to say motivation but it kind of is but they help their mental toughness help with dieting um, knowledge which you do need to know mm. Ideally, what you need to do is like you you need to consume enough protein per meal to help with satiety. You do need to consume vegetables because they are high volume for relatively low calories. You need to be drinking water between meals or at meals to help you with hunger. It's like if you go right, I know about calories, I know about macros, right? So what should I do? I have eight hundred calories of breakfast. You're like that's quite a lot for breakfast. When you got 2,000 hit in the day, say, well, if you didn't have the knowledge, you might go, oh, that's fine. Or I can have a, have a subway, which is pretty healthy, which is like 800. Then you're like, no, oh, I got like 400 calories left the rest of the day. Then you're fucked. Yeah. And then it's like, we need to know, right, actually, I know that I can make quote unquote bro foods. Like, I, for me now, I have um, frozen mixed veg. It's like peppers, peas, sweet corn, and Broccoli, jasmine rice, which is a game changer. I totally forgot about that rice until like the other day. So I pop into my head. I must have it. So that, that and flavored chicken is like 450 calories. So you could legitimately eat, well, say just call it five meals of that, and you would be full all day. So the knowledge of that as well, you need to know these little things to be able to sustain a long term diet and not do stupid things yeah yeah the the um we were talking about jasmine rice i think on one of the recent ish podcasts maybe that's where you got it from so i said about oh how amazing jasmine rice is and it's so easy on the gut as well lovely and digestible yeah but it's so nice because so uh what's the word it's like sticky and fluffy and like mm. like you don't get a horrible bite to it especially like, like you do with brown rice on oh, my days no one likes brown rice surely it's like i have 60 grams of um Jasmine rice, 200 grams of mixed veg, which is like, it's like 100 calories or something. And then chicken breast we get from the butchers, mm. which is already flavoured and diced up. It takes like, I don't know, the chicken takes about 20 minutes to cook in the oven. Mm. It's like less than half hour, and you're a, a hefty, substantial meal 
with quality micronutrients, a good source of carbs, good on your gut, good source of protein. That's filled me up. I, that was like, what time is that? Half past five? And I'm all right now. It's half past nine. That's like the perfect satiety meal that we talked about on, again, one of the previous episodes where it's low palatability, but palatable enough where you don't find it completely boring and bland. Because obviously you've got some spices and herbs and stuff in there. Yeah. Um, and just like high volume, high fiber, high protein, all the things. That's like the perfect meal. And if you if you stick to those types of meals, that's where it's going to really see you through um, rather than trying to fit in junk. But anyway, we're kind of slight side tangent. Obviously, we've covered that. Um, the the bit around like education stuff, which, yeah, this kind of ties in my last thing maybe that I want to close on then is like, and it's, this is something that Ross said about it, like the whole swim, like he didn't want any credit for it because he said basically it's a team effort. And I, I absolutely get what he's saying because basically it's like it's not solo mission at all. Like it's a team event because he obviously has to have all the crew and the, you know, the captain of his boat's going to have to almost be his hero and plot everything, plot all the, the like the, uh, what they call tidal maps. So like yeah. where there could potentially be whirlpools and massive waves and that type of stuff. Because obviously that could completely ruin his com- expedition completely if he gets caught in like a tidal wave or potentially risk fucking death for Christ's sake. Um, so obviously... It's not just him, it's his trainers, it's it's like all the stuff that he's had to do to kind of get even in before he even gets in the water. So it kind of shows you how much of a team effort really is. Um and I think like the the reason I kind of wanted to bring it to this is say like actually if motivation, if mental fortitude and toughness isn't enough for you or it's a problem then maybe consider getting a coach. And obviously we're not trying to sell our services, but it's generally, you know, something that people maybe could consider because especially when even if you do have the education because how many coaches get coaches like we've all had coaches at some point in our in our times when we've had kind of really important things we want to do like i did obviously when we went to the photo shoot when i dieted um because ultimately when you are fatigued your cognitive function is probably the equivalent of a five-year-old you know (laughs) you kind of lose the ability to think properly um I forget words now, you know, like I have bad lethologica even now when I'm not dieting. So when I'm dieting, God, my brain doesn't even work. So you kind of need someone to help point you in the right direction. I guess that's one of the things Ross said, like it's, you know, he needed someone to basically just tell him, get in, the, get in there and swim. You know, he didn't need to think, he, he just had no thought capacity. So yeah, I guess maybe the, the final point is like, if you are really struggling, get a coach because, um, They'll help you. They'll get you there quicker. They'll make it a bit easier for you. They'll support you and give you something to lean on if you need, uh, you know, it's that level of support. Every top athlete in the world has got a coach. 100%. Look at the boxers. That's a very solo sport. All got coaches. All got physical coaches, boxing coaches. And you think, well, why do you need a boxing coach? Because you can clearly box. You're the best boxer in the world, but you still need that accountability and actually... You can learn a thing or two. Yeah. Well, just because you are the best in the world or something doesn't mean you don't need accountability because you do. You know what I mean? So I would have, if I had to spare money, I would get a coach. Yeah. And well, if I had a specific goal, if I had a, a, as a normal, a, no particular goal at the time, I wouldn't get one. But if I had like, I need to get into this shape for this, like for the wedding, I probably will get one, depending on cash. Just to go right for eight months, I want to die as if I'm going to go, go into a show. I got eight months, let's do it. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Then that goes back down to having a goal to have the mental toughness to go right. Actually, it's getting hard now. 
what's the goal to the wedding blah 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 the once in a lifetime thing yeah that, that, like obviously maybe we should do a really detailed episode on like what I like to call your why you know like because I think it's such an important thing about knowing your why and something that in our consultations I know when we speak to people one of the first things we ask about is like okay well tell us about your why like why do you want to do this and like saying oh yeah I just want to I want to lose a bit of weight it's generally not a deep enough reason for that you know that's going to wane and people aren't going to stick to it knowing your why and, and having a really you know strong powerful reason as to to, to why you want to do something is so important for long-term motivation and mental fortitude so i've had a couple of clients but women clients in particular have gone like why i want to lose weight why because well one probably well, one say because um i don't feel like the real me anymore i've been physically fit for years i've let myself go i'm covering myself with a pillow on the settee i don't feel comfortable so the why has gone from weight loss to the reason why. Yeah, exactly. If you found out that they don't want to lose weight, they want to feel more confident, or they want, like there's there's always like if you ask why enough times, you dig deep enough to then get to the actual genuine reason as to why they want to do something. And you, a lot of the time, it is usually around confidence and self belief and that type of stuff, isn't it? In that it isn't really about the weight loss; it's about the the fact that they feel so much better within themselves when they you know they're at a, you know they look better or they you know they, they're walking around at a healthier weight, say. Because even people who don't train, and like, if you're in a group of people who don't train, if they see someone who's shredded or big or in good shape, they'll just go, "Oh, look at the nick on him, mm. shredded, isn't he? He's big." They'll always comment. Mm. They probably don't even care. Mm. But and if you're that person getting the comments, you're like, "Oh well, yeah, actually, the hard work's paying off," and it gives you that extra confidence, in it? Yeah. But what I was going to say on that though is like the the when and this is me when when I've even been what I thought is my best physique. Has it made me any happier? Not in the fucking slightest. Like getting abs doesn't make you happy. Like everyone that has gone through that journey will attest to this: is that when you do eventually get lean, if you're unhappy and then you get lean, it doesn't suddenly make you happy. Yes, yeah, still unhappy. You know, like getting lean or getting a six pack isn't isn't going to change that. So this is why, like having the proper why, and and that's what you then work out what matters during the journey. And that's why we joke about the journey being so cliche, but. The journey is really what fucking matters. Like the outcome is not going to change whether you're happy or not. It's more around all the things you learn and experiences through that journey where that then changes your your mindset and your happiness. Not getting abs. Because if you're happy with the journey, then your end result will come anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's the irony so, of it all. That's the that's the conundrum of it. That's when I was in the best shape ever, I was boxing, and I want ideally I wanted to be in shape because I thought in my head, in my first fight. Top's going to be off. I'm going to look. People are going to be looking at me. So I've got to be in good nick. So that was the priority. But actually enjoying fighting, which is ridiculous to say, but it's not fighting, street fighting, obviously, but enjoying the sport of fighting in the ring and trying to get better every day and doing the rounds of boxing enabled me to get in the best shape ever. So I didn't, re- I didn't always focus on the goal, but the process, but the process helped me get to the goal anyway. Mm-hmm. Right, my man. Shall we wrap this up? Because we are an hour and 15 minutes in. Strong. I enjoy our chats, though, Johnny. I enjoy it. It's my favourite one. Some good topics. Yeah. Fuck the rest of those silly coaches. They're shit. Wankers. Yeah, wankers. I hope they listen this back. And if you are listening to this, who do you think is going to listen first? I think it's going to be Paul. Do you think so? Yeah. Maybe Matt, but probably Paul. Not Ed. 
No, definitely not. So, Paul, if you're listening to this back, bastard. Wanker. Wanker. Just get, obviously, me and Johnny, we like being alone, actually. We'd rather you didn't come on anymore. You fucking scumbag. <laughs> you fucking scumbag. Um, sorry for the rest of the audience listening to us abuse the rest of our coaches. We do it with love. It's only bants, as they say, as the kids say. It's only bants. How many downloads do you now? How many downloads? Uh, I can tell you, because I did log in and look the other day. I think we've hit about 85,000. That's to me. That's that's insane to me. Like eighty five thousand. Yeah, it kind of isn't. It isn't like I, I. I had a conversation with um, uh, the lovely Helen from. Uh, she is one of the social media. I don't know what her title is actually, but she basically runs all the social media for Eat Lean. Obviously, our beloved cheese. And she, I asked, said how many downloads we get. We usually get between a thousand, two thousand downloads an episode, which. I was like, mm, it doesn't sound like a lot, does it, actually, when you only put it like that? But then you think, actually, amazing me that two, one to 2,000 people actually bother to listen to us talk shit. Because you know if they've done all day, they're probably going to listen as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just what I mean. It's just like, wow, actually. You know, and like you say, you think about now, eight, our, our, our voices have been downloaded now like nearly 85,000 times. It's like crazy, really, when you think about it like that. It's quite, quite cool. Yeah, I mean, I like when we do it more often. I like when we do it twice a week. You okay. love it. You love it. I mean, I'd like to, but it's a, it's a lot. It takes a lot of time. Oh yeah, I I think I prefer this way of producing content and information because it's like you go off on tangents. There's things you want to say you can't really say in a post. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, you mean I, I I mean I like I quite like long form written stuff just because you can get into a lot of detail, a lot of depth, and really structure stuff well. But then I yeah I absolutely agree. I like the uh, the spoken word where you can just ramble about stuff because you never really know where it's going to take you. Like we don't, like you know, we don't. When did we come at the top of this episode, Johnny? About three minutes before. <laughs> so you can tell us not really. Actually, you can definitely tell from listening. It's not really scripted. Uh, <laughs> uh, this you 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 can make no mistake of what people are on about either. You know what I mean? It's like unless you catch at the end of a sentence, and if you catch the fault, you know what they're trying to say. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You may come. You may be saying something something funny, but it doesn't come. It sounds like you're a bit of a dick, mm. but you weren't intended to be like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. If you think I'm a dick, well, I probably am a dick, but well, we know you are. So, you see what I'm saying? You know you're, what I mean? Uh, you're Welsh, so you've got to be a dick. Yeah, a knob, big dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Billy Big Balls. <laughs> yes, Johnny's shaking his head. Now he's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what was that one inch estimate. <laughs> Uh, do you know what actually um, for anyone (laughs) no I'm not even going to bring this up I was going to bring up my picture today on my Instagram about my leggings Uh, I've had quite a few comments about the fact they were a bit explicit I didn't realise how explicit they were I think it's more genuinely the uh, shape of the leggings rather than anything hidden underneath I should be so lucky well Scott Scott Roberts sent me a message saying Oh, I can see that you're fucking using some Eddie Hall style Adobe games. You know, Eddie. You know, Eddie Hall's been accused of photoshopping his pictures. Why would he do that? A bigger penis. Well, no, I haven't. But what I'm saying is, like, Eddie Hall is apparently um, someone did like a critique video compared photos of him um, and basically said this has definitely been photoshopped to look more muscular, like around the tricep areas and bring his waist in a bit or something. It's like. Okay, so Scott Roberts basically said, oh, look, Brett's been doing some quad gains in Photoshop and Eddie Hall style. And I, I replied back and said, bullshit, mate. That's, we know that's false, because if that was the case, my penis would look bigger. <laughs> 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 I'd, I'd have made that look more substantial, definitely. 
<laughs> uh, Jen will tell you that is not true. Um, anyway, right. This is definitely, we're, we're now an hour 20. Uh, so we're going to sign off. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, anything to quickly shout out? Actually, should we shout out? So obviously, uh, you've still got some time, I think, to enter the Eat Lean competition. So if you want to win a, ch- a cheese hamper of all the different products, so definitely a good way of getting it for free to try them all obviously the smoke the spreadable the tasty which is amazing definitely lives up to its name and i'm not just saying that it's fucking fabulous um what's the what have you got to do so go over to eat lean page so their instagram handles at eat lean find the post on there comment uh with two of your friends so tag them in or an alternative method is to if you already got the product make something with their product and tag the uh hashtag NNN Cheese Fest. There you go. Uh, I think it's going to run till about Monday. So by the time, it'll probably be actively the day this goes out, I think. Um, don't quote me on that because I'm not running the competition. Eat Lena, obviously. Yeah. And if you just, if you don't win and you want some cheap cheese, then you can go over to their shop, uh, eatleancheese.co.uk forward slash shop, and you can use the discount code brand new for just for us N N N ten. That's one zero, not T E N N N N one zero, and you get ten percent off. Christmas is coming. Christmas. People like cheese and Christmas. Oh yeah, they have quite long dates on them. You can definitely do that. Good idea, yeah. Johnny. They'll probably do. I'm no doubt they do a Christmas hamper. They'll do something for Christmas, I'm sure. So um, just keep an eye out for that. Uh, I like waste. We we sound I sound like a right fucking tosser, big enough eat lean, don't I? Saying oh, fit pro with discount code. Um, I don't care because I genuinely so, believe in the product. So um, whatever, whatever, Trevor. Who's selling fucking magic oil or something? Is it? You know what I mean? No, that's so what I mean. Cheese, which is lower in fat and higher in protein, which is a win-win, but it still tastes good. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. So um, I think that's it. I can't think of anything else. If anyone wants to leave us some reviews, please leave us more reviews because. We've not had any of a, for, for a, quite a while now, for a good couple of months. So it'd be nice to get some reviews. Share with your um, networks. If you think anyone will like it, maybe give them a subscription to iTunes Podcast, which is free, by the way. Um, i.e. what I mean is just share the fucking link to our podcast to people, please. Yeah. Please, just, just share it for Christmas. So here's your Christmas gift. Here's some amazingly outrageous infotainment, as in information and entertainment. Look what I did there. Operation 100,000 my Christmas. Yeah, we'll do that, I reckon. How many, weeks, how many weeks have we got? Seven, eight weeks? Oh, yeah, we might scrape it. Please help us. We're actually, we're going to have to update this now every week, Johnny. We're going to have to update people and say, help us get to 100,000 downloads by Christmas. Maybe we should, maybe we should post out tomorrow as a bit of content. There we are. There you go. Done. You've got some little content for your daily emails. Nice. The irony, and- if you do it tomorrow, this will come out, that'll go out before the actual podcast. So. <laughs> I'll do it after. What is that? Mon- Monday. 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 Monday night. Yeah. Well, you could do it Sunday to go out Monday because you scheduled them the night before, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah. Or oh, I said it a couple of days before. But I'm, oh, I'm away in Celtic Manor on Sunday. Are you? Ah, on the hill. It's, yeah, it's my favourite place. Or one of my favourite places. Are I just. Yeah, I, I love it. I've not been, but I drove past uh, on the M4. M4 is yeah. M4. On the M4. While I was going to meet you, actually. Oh, that time we had food. That time we had food. When you took the piss out of Ian for saying, what are you eating for three? Because he had like a triple steak meal or something. It was like three yeah. steaks, wasn't it? There's a lot of food there, like. Yeah, he's, he's a fat bastard though. He's... <laughs> Celtic Manor is the, is the balls, basically. Yeah. 
119 quid dinner, bed, and breakfast. That's which is good. Good. However, you know they've done a bit. Now they've done deals, which is, happens everywhere. It's it's gone downhill slightly. You know what I mean? When I first went there, what, the clientele like, or the place? Yeah, place. The cl- I mean, the clientele are quite. We all teams with the oity toity. Oity toity, you don't fit in there, do you? You know what I mean? No. So, <laughs> bit up themselves. Probably got a bit of money, but not enough to be, you know, rich. But yes. they are, they're rich, whatever. Ba- basically, Matthew Morgan, then. <laughs> He's rich. Mm. But, like, the, the food's not as good. The service is not as good. The rooms are getting a bit old. It's like, well, this is a five star hotel. It's a shit hotel. Get it sorted. However, I still love it. So I'm going there, have a nice massage on Sunday morning, nine o'clock. Oh. Up there, Papa's date. And we've actually got a cardio session scheduled because Sherry believes that she's going to beat me. And I said, You've made the freaking fatal mistake of challenging me. But you're what? What? Is, is she's um, in a gym, she's got a session she does. It's like, it's something like this, right? Um, 200 or 500 meters in a rower and then straight off that into kept the bell snatches 10 aside each arm strip it onto the rower again kettlebells again rower again kettlebell again then straight over to a run on the treadmill at a small incline at level 11 or something something like this and then into deadlifts back on the incline back on the treadmill again for higher incline slower speed deadlifts back again and then you've got the machine with a rope hammer, it's called now, where you pull the rope with your arms. Yeah, and you've got yeah. three sets of that with something else. Mountain climbers, isn't it? Or... Actually, you won't keep up with me. I said, well, I don't do cardio like that. I said, well, even if I don't, I'm going to fucking do my damn as you will it's not. Kind of, it's kind of more circuits than cardio, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's like a little circuit. It's like, okay, fine, you've challenged me. And this is a thing where I cannot lose. I will not let you win. So it's like... <laughs> Okay, update, update next, update next episode, then, mate. See you got on. Well, I ain't gonna win. Well, you hope so. If not, you're just gonna lie in and tell everyone you did anyway, aren't you? Of course not. Yeah. Right, my shoulder. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, right, gonna sign off. So lovely to chat, my man. And yep, double buys. And we will catch you all next week. On the flip side. On the flip. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.